Hi, it's Tracy Dietz with Dame It All to Hell. Subscribe to Dame It All to Hell right now and tell all your friends about it. Hi, all, and welcome back to Dame It All to Hell. Kelly Gibson here recording live from Las Vegas, Nevada, our first remote podcast. And we are equal parts excited and terrified, but we're excited to talk, more excited to talk to you about all the important stuff going on today. And I'm Tracy Dietz. The studio isn't the same without you, Kelly. Although oh. not totally alone because I'm here with Richard and I'm wearing my Animal House sweatshirt. I'll send you a pic. Yes, it would be way more fun if you were here with me in Vegas. I mean, it'd be fun if I was there in the studio, but Vegas can be fun with Trace Deets. I've done it, done it before, because uh, I'm sure you all get this by now. But she's a fun lady, especially on the craps table. I do love the craps table. And do you remember that time we were at the conference together and you kept taking money off at the craps table? You literally just kept <laughs> taking money from me. I was so mad at you. <laughs> the only thing more fun than gambling with your own money is gambling with your girlfriend's money. Yes, it was not cool. <laughs> So you are in Vegas for Bisque. I can't even imagine how much Xanax I would need to take to be there. Are you are you going to hang out and pee with the dudes? Uh, so what Tracy's saying is that we're staying here at the Vidara, which is one of the like one of the establishments in Vegas that doesn't have gambling. It's not a casino, but in the lobby of the Vidara, they have converted the restroom to be a, like a, a gender neutral restroom. So girls and boys pee together, which, uh, you know, I realize I'm a liberal, but I have literally no problem with that. I mean, there yeah, are I was I was a little uncomfortable a couple years ago when I was there for Bisque and I walked into the bathroom and there were dudes peeing in the urinal. Dudes that I like work with. It was weird. I, I listen. I'm all for gender neutral bathrooms. I just would like a door. That's all. Just a little door. So we have a pretty appropriate first thing to talk about today because I'm here in Vegas for work and I'm actually flying right from Vegas to Miami, Florida, also from work. So I'm away from my kids and my husband for six days and. You know, it's the price you pay for working in a job that you love and growing a company that you love, but it's hard for women being a mother and running a company and not the stuff we've talked about before, not work-life balance, not, you know, being able to work fewer hours and set your own schedules, not that stuff. But literally it is hard to be a mother running a company, the average age of a tech entrepreneur. And I realize we're not, well, Tracy's kind of a tech entrepreneur um, at their company's founding is 39, which is not a convenient age. If you're the family's primary caretaker, because you're making babies and nursing babies, birthing babies and all sorts of stuff. And we, we often talk about the glass ceiling, Tracy, but we don't really talk about the maternal wall. What do you think about the maternal wall? So I think it's it's coming down because I do, and I made this comment earlier, I think with the fall of a number of CEOs for sexual harassment, nobody's going to have any choice but to promote women. <laughs> <laughs> well, there's I mean, not going to be any dudes left. Right. <laughs> At the rate in which they are fallen. Um you know, I th there's a great article um, I read a couple years ago that actually talked about how women make better CEOs than men because we are less risky in the short term with money and with uh, products. We, we just we run things a little bit safer um, and the companies actually have a higher profit margin because of that. So that's sort of interesting. So if these are companies, so it's a longer, it's longer term growth. So, you know, I read, I'm talking about this article that was in the Washington Post just this week. And it's written by a woman that um, worked for a very long time as a corporate attorney and had a couple kids. And, and she tells this story about how 
um, she was, while she was out on maternity leave, a position became available that was the obvious next step for her. And so she put her name in the hat for the promotion. And when she got back to the office, she went in to speak to her superior to ask about it. And his response to her was, we've discussed it internally and it isn't the right time because you've just had a baby. I smiled and she said she smiled and tried to hide her disappointment. And she didn't, she didn't go to HR because she didn't want sort of retribution in future promotions, but it's a pretty bold thing just to like say it out loud and actually illegal, I think. But her answer was to leave sort of corporate America and start her own company. And what she realized is when she went to get loans and try to get investment dollars, she wasn't getting it very much. And so when she looked into it more and more, she realized that women are offered smaller loans and only 2% of venture capital dollars went to women in 2016 as opposed to men. And that in fact, there was an angel investor, which are those like wicked wealthy people on the West coast that invest in these really sort of high risk, high, high profit companies who said a pregnant founder slash CEO is going to fail her company. And so she ran up against all these walls. So there's a couple things that I would like to know more about the statistics of all of that. Like what are the, you know, what are, what are the history of the the men that are looking for investments and what is their history with companies and company growth as opposed to I mean, women? T- 2% is a pretty rowdy. I mean, it's not that 98% of men have better track records than women. I mean, that, I mean, if but you, what if it percentage, was like 49, so what was the percentage 51, of women total? Like, do we like know? How many, well, right, it's like, that, 5,839 men founded companies received VC funding compared to 359 female founded companies that got it. So I don't know. So, but what was like, the total realm of companies that actually applied for loans? Because what if 400 women owned companies applied for VC funding and 10,000 men owned companies? Do you know what I mean? Well, I think that speaks to a larger problem, a larger truth that there's no space for women to start doing. It's not that women are less ambitious. In fact, we've talked about this in here before. Women are more, like, are almost more, there's more women in um, in advanced education right now than oh, there absolutely. are men. Oh, absolutely. Or women in absolutely. college. Like, women, but not women, women are not ambitious. Women are less risky. Sure. So what is the reason that, so a, a handful of risky women get in the game and are still punished for being, and this is, they're not talking about women here. They're specifically talking about mothers. That if you found a a partner in life and decided to make babies and there's no choice. Women are the one that have to grow them and birth them and then feed them out of their boobs. Like there is some intrinsic retaliation just for biology playing out that way in in the business space. So you think, well, so I, I don't completely disagree that we are not on a level playing field, but we also take time off because we have to. Of course, We're the one that of makes course the we do. Of course we do. Of course we absolutely should be taking time off. But that also puts us in a different field than but men. But you know who because else we're should not be equal. taking time off? Men should be taking time off because they need to bond with their babies. Sure, but somebody's got to pay the bills. Right. Take turns. You take turns. Right. And you know who should be paying the bills? The companies. The company should be allowing paid time off for men. Maybe not three months well, time, but, but that should be the choice of four companies. or five weeks. <laughs> well, that we really, I mean, we're the only, it's us and Papua New Guinea, the only two countries that don't require companies to have um, paid family leave time. I mean, it's crazy because there is, I mean, there, we could talk about it on another podcast, but like children are at a real disadvantage if they don't have a bond with their fathers. But I mean, so we we're sort of like veering off, but I just want to say that when I was pregnant with my second kid, Gareth, 
I went to a pitch and spent a really long time trying to search for clothes that made me less, make me look less pregnant, which when you're a six foot tall, you know, 37 week pregnant broad or 34 week pregnant broad, you're not exactly going to hide that. But the people in the room spoke to me like I was a complete moron. Oh, really? <laughs> like, like I had learning differences. So like, it's interesting. So when I, so when I got pregnant with my first kid, I actually got with Addison, I got promoted at um, the place that I worked at the time. Like as they found out I got pregnant, I actually got promoted. But I will yeah. say that the uh, the owner of the company also in a meeting in an effort to intimidate called me lazy and pregnant because oh I had not God. done a couple of things. So <laughs> I can't imagine why I don't work there anymore. Um, was your, that was a long was time the, ago. Were those people men or women? Oh, it was men. And and he was and, and just to be clear, this particular man was equally abusive to men. <laughs> So it's not, it's Terrible not, like, it was a gender thing where it's like, let's, I mean, it was, it was, he was just awful. It's funny because you're not the first person I know who has been called lazy and pregnant by their employers. Yeah. And I was barely pregnant too. Like I yeah. just, like, you couldn't even tell I was pregnant. So, I mean, down the line, we'll, we'll, Tracy and I'll get into a larger conversation about paid family leave time. But, you know, it's it's something to be thought about. I mean, it goes hand in hand with all the other stuff we talk about on this podcast about ac women's access to opportunities, women's access to be able to speak out against these things, women's access to be both a mother and a professional. I don't, th you know, I think it's I think it's a puzzle that Tracy, yes, we are starting to figure out. But so I think it's baby steps. And we talked a little bit about this last week. I mean, I think as as things change, as more women become business owners, I mean, God, we 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 just became allowed to vote like 100 years ago. Right. So, I mean, over time, we're going to keep fighting and we're going to keep, you know, helping educate more women about starting their own business so that they can get loans and there'll be more organizations out there that are helping women make better decisions about their businesses too so that their businesses are more successful. Over time, it will get better. I have to yeah. believe that. We need more female venture, like the people with the money. And we, we need more female billionaires. That's and what if we need. all these douchey dudes keep falling, there's not going to be anybody left for women to rule the world. So speaking about douchey dudes that are falling, Tracy, how That's about we do this week's segment? <laughs> crazy shit people say. We had fun last week with crazy shit people say. And and sort of as a disclaimer, um, that w there was a lot more levity in last week's segment around crazy shit people say than there is in this week's segment. So Tracy, do you tell us what's up. So uh, if you don't know who Rob Porter is, you have probably been hanging out under a rock. He is uh, <laughs> was President Trump's staff secretary and uh, came out that he had actually just beaten the shit out of both of his ex-wives. Uh, the White House knew about it. The FBI knew about it. He had still not gotten a security clearance. Donald Trump's first response was he's a sick puppy. But then he tweets out like he a said, day later. Yeah, uh, you read said, it. People's lives are being shattered and destroyed by a mere allegation. Some are true and some are false. Some are old and some are new. There is no recovery for someone falsely accused. Life and career are gone. Is there no such thing at any longer as due process? So Mr. President is the subject for the crazy shit people say because there was so much behind the scenes due process. Well, there was so Rob much Porter. evidence. So there yes. were there were uh, police reports, there were photographs, there were witnesses. I mean, it was 
absolutely clear that he had beat the shit out of his ex-wives. No question about that. Um, so yeah. I don't know. So I, I understand the need for due process in the world of allegations. And you and I have talked about that at length. Regarding this, it's ridiculous. I mean, yeah. I, I can't even believe that it is a that this is even a discussion. I mean, yeah. he is a shit bag. So that so Porter. for the listeners, if you haven't been glued to CNN, I flew from Washington D.C. to Las Vegas, Nevada today, five five hours and fifteen minutes, and watched on Southwest, of which you can watch the news, which was a blessing and a curse all at the same time. But it was sort of like today, all this breaking news about what was happening right as as Rob Porter resigned. So Donald Trump and Sarah Huckabee Sanders and the deputy press secretary of the White House said sort of over the last handful of days that there was never any conclusion by the FBI to the vetting of Rob Porter, that the information was never delivered to the White House and that the White House was unclear on these allegations and didn't know that of the, didn't know the details. And then today on, on the Capitol, there was this um, this Senate hearing about the Russia investigation, of which the the, secret, uh, the head of the FBI was there, and he sort of added in at the end. He's like, by the way, in terms of Rob Porter, the FBI delivered a partial report to the White House last March. And the thing about a partial report is when they're vetting um, senior staff for the White House, is it's not a mandated piece of it. It only happens if big red flags come up so that the White House can say either stop doing it or continue, and the White House said continue. And we also learned that both ex-wives were interviewed by the FBI last January. So and so there was a different staff. There was a different chief of staff then. There was a different press secretary then. But the White House, but the, the president has always been the president since he was inaugurated. Right. So the White House said all the information. It's crazy. I, I have, I mean, I can't, I absolutely cannot defend the White House on this one. Um, I don't know if you saw, so Senator Journey er, Joni Ernst from mm. Iowa came out and, and basically said, I'm very disappointed in the situation. You know, abru- abuse is never okay. You know, I feel bad for these women. I'm glad that they've come forward. But she's sort of came out against the White House, which is kind of rare for Republicans. Which is unusual to do these for Joni Ernst. And if you don't know who, if you don't know who, uh, yeah, if you don't know who <laughs> Joni Ernst was, she was the campaign ad for her Senate race years ago. Started out with, "My name is Joni Ernst, and I grew up on a farm castrating hogs." So when I get to to the Hill. I will cut. I know how to cut pork. Anyway, it was it was hysterical <laughs> ad. I really like her, but I'm just glad somebody sort of came out on on our side and said this is not acceptable. The White House should have done something. So you don't you know who hasn't come out and said anything? Well, the president, which we know, but also the chief of staff, John Kelly. So this was on Monday. John Kelly um, defended the White House's response to the domestic abuse allegations against Rob Porter, and he said, "No, it was all done right." Do you think they Meaning just like, all lost their mind? I mean, I just I wonder, like, if they just took up and, and like, woke up and took a stupid pill. I, I just, it, it just doesn't make sense to me on, like, I understand certain things that the, this particular administration does. Like, you and I fought about North Korea, and we're not going to get into North Korea today, <laughs> but I, I sort of get that. I don't understand. Like, at this is... I would say it was a PR nightmare, but it's it's not even a PR nightmare because this administration is bulletproof. They can do pretty much anything they want and whatever. No biggie. I think they, they've lowered the bar to such an extent that there's no room for anything to go under it anymore. I mean, there's just like there there's so many. I mean, he was the porn star thing just happened and obviously the domestic abuse. But you know what I can like? 
what I imagine is so when the the partial report was delivered to the White House by the FBI, Reince Priebus was Reince Priebus was the chief of staff, and so like in, and then he was fired, and then there was no chief of staff for a while, and somebody may have told the president, oh by the way, there's this in this vetting of Rob Porter, and he doesn't he doesn't want to be president of the United States, he doesn't give a fuck about process in the White House, and it's very possible that like it just sort of went away for a while, right? Like it just just sort of went away and they just sort of like didn't realize that. And then when the, when the senior officials at the White House are blaming it on the FBI, that the FBI didn't do their job and we didn't know that this guy was a wife beater and the FBI was like, fuck you, we do our job. I don't know, you motherfuckers don't know how to do your job there at the White House. Right, we told you. And in the meantime, there are these two wives that are now being d- drugged through this experience all over again. For what? A shitty, like for people that aren't doing their jobs? Right. The only good that will come of this, though, is that it is drawing attention. It is drawing more attention to this movement that women need to be heard and that women need to be believed and women should be listened to. Yeah. I mean, I, I do. I do hope that that is accurate. This one seems to be. So there is some murmurings that John Kelly might not be able to remain as the chief of staff after a situation like this. Because it's sort of like his one major job is to make sure all the trains are running. Right. And I mean, this is a pretty sizable derailment. Right. You want to make sure thing, you're not hiring people that beat women. Right. But the other thing that is just so disappointed, and I realize it's, a, it's like a broken record to be disappointed by this president over and over and over again. But like not coming out and saying like domestic violence is a significant problem in this country and that it doesn't have to pick on his friend, you know, but just... Mm-hmm. Like, he, he is just, there's no decency in him. He doesn't have any decency. I don't, I don't. yeah. I, so I think we protect our own. And, and I, I, I'm not at all saying that that is okay or that is the way it should be. But but when things happen, you know, to people that we know and it's close to home, we, we protect them. We go out of our way to go, well, that, are we sure that happened? Like You know, I, you know who didn't protect their own? Democrats and, and Senator Franken. <laughs> I mean, they they punted him out of the out of the yeah, nest. But they, like, but in they a did during Bill Clinton. They've protected Hillary Clinton on the stuff with the guy that worked for her that came out a couple weeks ago. I mean, they've ab- they absolutely have protect- protected their own, too. I mean, it's a problem yeah. on both sides. I mean, we all it, we all have a problem with protecting douchebags. It's significant right now in this White House, though. It's the, great the repetitive to see. Nation, the like repetitiveness of. The offenses specifically around women in this White House are they, they, they happen often. It's it's disappointing. So I just saw another uh, another poll that said over half of Americans, 51 percent currently say that President Trump does not respect women, while 30 percent say that he does. Eighty percent of Trump voters, but just two percent of Clinton voters believe Trump respects <laughs> women. Who the fuck are those two percent? I what two um, percent of Clinton voters believes Trump respects women? I'm just like curious. Super duper progressive wife wife beaters. <laughs> the two percent of wife beaters who also are pro Social Security and Medicare <laughs> and, and, and for the Dreamers and um, anti immigration reform. And so it's not moderate. Education. It's not moderate women. It's not those. Maybe it's the maybe it's the women that are being beaten. <laughs> I mean. It's oh, clearly God, people that don't have their, you know, though up from down. Somebody's dealing with something there. Yeah. 
well, it's sad, but it goes into a little bit of what, what happens in the aftermath of men who make these offenses. And we've talked about this a little bit on other um, podcasts. I remember specifically, we talked about what if Tracy and I were the, were these young staffers that, you know, I had our ass grabbed and told me they'd love to date us. Would we turn the member in? Would we get them fired? And how, you know, how would we navigate that? Um, and, and I, you know, I think that what happens to these men who make mistakes and is there any coming back from it? So, so Tracy and so I just, picked- So just to be clear, like uh, ass grabbing and asking, you know, if you want to date are totally not at all in the same realm of the dudes oh, that we're about to talk about. Talk about. Yes. <laughs> I just want to say exactly the dude right. that's hitting on you in the bar <laughs> that sort of pats you on the butt, not in the same realm, different bucket of dudes. So yeah, we we're picked- about to talk to some about some serious <laughs> shit bags. We've, we picked three different serious shit bags to sort of explore um, who have had either have already had different outcomes post offense or, you know, or might. And so, Tracy, why don't you just go right yeah, into so, our first one, which is the dooziest of the doozies. Oh, so uh, so I read this article and it sort of brought up it. it and, and I'll I'll tell you all the specifics, but it, it sort of brought up for me the thought process of redemption and, and sort of where we are as a country and and you know, how I feel about people who misbehave and is there redemption if they are convicted of a crime and they serve their time, you know, are they allowed, you know, back into the workforce to live a somewhat normal life? And so um, in a small town just outside of Pittsburgh, a man who is 43 at the time was just elected to his local fire chief in a town of 300. It's the second time he's been elected. In elected two, by other firefighters, not by elected by other by firefighters. Correct. Yeah. Correct. So he is fire chief of his volunteer fire department. And in 2001, he was convicted of forcing a four year old girl to perform oral sex on him, which Whoa. is beyond <laughs> despicable. So terrible. So he spent his five to 10 years in prison. He is out. He uh, claims to you know, have sort of found his own, you know, I think he accepted Jesus and has gone, you know, through the process of sort of rebuilding his own life to be a better person. But there are people in the town that don't want him to be a fire chief because he could have interactions with children now, you know. Including the parents of the young girl. Right. Right. Who is now a grown up. Um, So so for me, I don't, it's hard for me to think that there is, never redemption for people because, I mean, everybody makes mistakes. Now, uh, to be fair, there are different types of mistakes. And I feel like forcing a four-year-old to have sex with you is about as bad as you could. (laughs) I mean, that's almost worse than murder. I I just, it's just horrific. Um, When Tracy first told me about this story, I was like, he should be washing dishes in a senior center. You were like, fuck him. Fuck that guy. And I'm not, I'm not that far behind. I'm not that far behind you. I mean, I am a little bit there but i i just i want to live in a society where we can forgive and grow and be better people i just don't know if that guy can actually grow and be a better person right and wasn't wasn't the mayor asked if she had or, or he or she had a issue with it and you know the mayor's response was this firehouse has always elected their own chiefs and i have no I have no intention of changing their processes. Right. Also, it would be interesting, and I don't think we have this information, if there are any women volunteer firefighters there. 
um, and we know that women are firefighters at a far, you know, smaller amount than, than men. But like, I, I, I'm of the mindset that if you make a mistake that is that, that, that it ruins another person's life. Like I'm sure this young woman who's now an adult that we described and we can only assume has found a way to cope with what's happened and we'll move on with her life. But it, there is all will always be an emotional scar around it. Like, no, I'm sorry. You don't get to like be the leader of a group of dudes and go in and be like a hero by, you know, getting a cat out of a tree. Like, no, that is not a feeling you get to have. Yeah, but you, you can't, but chance. you can't just say the argument of, of impacting someone else's life, because I have to imagine that some of your ex-boyfriends are tragically depressed that they are not oh, married please. to you. <laughs> please. So that I, is crazy town. So, but no, I mean, but the, but the same, like, I mean, there are lots of ways to impact other people without forcing sex on them. So I don't know if that is like, if that is where we draw the line on the impact that is had on, I, I don't know. I, I don't actually know. This is, this is hard you, for me. If you ruin a life, you don't get to have a life. If you ruin somebody's life, I'm sorry, but you don't get to have a li- like a life of being, you know. So, but what's like, the definition of ruin? For, like if you make small children give you a blowjob that they didn't want to do, yeah, or if you kill somebody or if you like, um, what if you killed know, somebody like, that was breaking into your house? Yeah. Like what? Oh, if, yeah. I, I mean, now you are just pushing my buttons on purpose. My first response <laughs> no, is I'm actually, I'm actually not, I'm not, I'm not actually, I'm not, I have a gun. I'm not trying Hopefully. to push your buttons. But. I really am not. I, I just I am struggling with this. And so I'm I'm trying to come to what the right answer is because I don't know what the right answer is. I, there's part of me. I mean, and when we get into the two others that we're going to talk about, which are Harvey Weinstein uh, and Larry Nassar, and I, Larry mean, Nassar. I, I really could not give a fuck less what happens to Larry Nassar. I mean, he's up to 256 women now that he's abused over his lifetime yeah and i don't i don't know that he's the same as the guy that 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 with the four-year-old i don't know are they equal and and despicableness imagine if imagine if this fire chief never got caught don't you think he would go on to do it to other little kids i mean it does not seem like a one and done kind of offense which is so i I don't disagree that he's like he's rehabilitated in a way that he can't fuck you know, fuck up somebody's but life. But why again. would you say so that? The How do you know? The story is like because it's. I think that it's. I don't know specifically, but human nature would elude trends and statistics would elude to people that have these kinds of offenses when given the opportunity. Do it. I mean, Larry Nasser is a good. He's one. He's one example, but he's a good example that. And 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 the judge Judge Aquilina said like you you have a problem. You're afflicted with the problem, and you refuse to get treated for it. So, so, so this what if guy, he got treated fire... for it? So if he did get treated for it, and I'm not talking about Larry Nasser, if the fire chief got treated for his desire to have sex with children, which God, I don't even know how you get treated for that. I'm sure there's some medication and some rewiring of your brain um, because evolutionarily it doesn't make sense to even have a desire to have sex with a four year old like that doesn't make sense. At all. I think if he got treated for it, he should still be washing dishes at a senior center. Like, there, yes, there are mistakes. There are second chances. We're, we're everybody's But human. what if the fire department was the only place he could get a job? That's bullshit. I mean, it's just, it's, it's, an, it, it's, 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 I mean, it's only a town of 300. Reality. Do you think that this town only, that actually has a senior center? Do I think they have a McDonald's? I think they have McDonald's. I think that the the oh my god, you want him to work in a McDonald's? Oh, talk about a place that children hang out. Like he can't fucking work at McDonald's. 
I mean, I'm fire chief. So fire chief is surrounded is a- by dudes. So fire. So fire department. He's literally going to be hanging out with a bunch of dudes almost all the time. Other places, making he's think actually that he didn't do anything wrong. He spent ten years in prison. He probably feels like he probably did something wrong. I think that you're parsing out the details, but I also think we should probably move on to the next one because it feels like you and I could debate on that one until the you know until the cows come home. That's true. So that fi- that fire chief guy, so he he's out and he's living living large, living large. And so okay, let's just be clear. Hold on, wait. I, to say he's living large is is I think an extreme statement. I mean, he's the fire chief of a local fire volunteer mean, fire department I, of 300 I people. I don't mean he's not like the CEO. I mean that he's surrounded by a bunch of people. He's he's surrounded by a bunch of people that voted for him to be their leader. After he had a four year old, forced a four year old to suck on his penis. I mean, he's living large, not monetarily, but to his ego. Another person who has a giant ego, Harvey Weinstein, who is been you know in the beginning when it all came out he was asked to step down or forced out of the of his company and all that kind of stuff but and and so it came out that his com- somebody stepped up to buy the Weinstein company but before the sale goes through there's um there's an AG in New York who is leading a civil suit on behalf of his victims um and so that's sort of like just starting to go sort of get going and so Harvey Weinstein's lawyer released a statement that I think is so crazy post what everyone's come out, which says, we believe that a fair investigation by Mr. Schneiderman, who's the New York AG doing the suit, will demonstrate that many of the allegations against Harvey Weinstein are without merit. While Mr. Weinstein's behavior was not without fault, there certainly was no criminality. And at the end of the inquiry, it will be clear that Harvey Weinstein promoted more women to key executive positions than any other industry leader. And there was zero discrimination at either Miramax or TWC, which, I mean, what is happening? He went on to say, if the purpose of the inquiry is to encourage reform throughout the film industry, Mr. Weinstein will embrace the investigation. If the purpose, however, is to scapegoat Mr. Weinstein, he will vigorously defend himself. Okay. Fuck them all. I got a lot. Fuck them. Yeah. What the hell? So no criminality. I realized that none of the women that were raped by Harvey Weinstein went to the officials, like went to the authorities. So he was never charged with anything, but there are certainly a lot of women on the record saying that they were raped by that guy. And that is a crime last I checked. So do we actually know that he, is it really true that he promoted more women? I don't know. But than any other industry leader in the, and I'm not saying that makes it okay. I'm actually just say, curious if, if he actually did. I mean, I'm sure. I'm sure it was, I think it, it, they're two, I mean, they're both giant. It could be that there was just more opportunity inside of that company than the others. But it's very clear that what they're saying is like, just because he, he gave women bigger jobs, it's totally cool that he tort like verbally assaulted, raped, and like in the, in the case of Selma Hayek, essentially tortured women over a decade's yes. time. And like, that that he'll defend himself unless if, if if they're trying to scapegoat on his behalf. Like it's interesting because I feel like you and I talked about this probably two months ago, and we had that question of whether or not he would be back. Yeah, and I think that I said he will be back. It seems like he's trying to be back. Also, how does how does this attorney sleep at night? Like it it's crazy that he's a lawyer. Yes, yeah, he's a he's lawyer, a and I'm sure he's the yeah, same way that it. OJ's lawyer slept at night. I think that I think that it's interesting though that this that what to me what it seems like they're trying to do is appeal to the larger community of humans in this country that still 
think women don't always tell the truth and that even if one or two of these, you know, women, women actresses told the truth, a lot of it is just women trying to get a rich guy down and that he won't let that happen because he's like a big guy. And and, and even as a big guy, I mean, he was good to women professionally all the way along. Like, so I don't know that that's it. I just think he's trying to save his own ass. I mean, he's he's trying to not get sued. He's trying to not lose everything he has. I don't I don't think there is some big societal thing where they're trying to make it about how nobody believes women, because right now. But our like uh, just to revisit, our president doesn't different. believe Rob Porter's two ex-wives. We've talked about this before. Like, so I think he does. OK. OK. So I think that that Trump believes his ex-wives. Rob Porter is no longer there. He, he just he tweets not. dumb shit. <laughs> right. Right. He I mean, would have been fired had he not been resigned. I guess my, uh, had he not yeah. resigned, I think he would have been fired. I guess so my say, response to that is, to me, like there gets to be a point where you you don't get to tweet dumb shit anymore. Like you don't get to not stand up for women. You don't just get to be like, I believe it. I swear everyone knows I believe it. I'm just not going to say it out loud because I don't really want to say it out loud. Yeah. No, I think there's there's yeah. People will continue to to get to do that. So I guess time will tell if this if. Weinstein gets sued and these women actually get some money for all their troubles. And if, you know, a couple of years from now, he's, you know, got a social media company or I don't know, one of these giant hotels in Las Vegas, that seems like a place douchebags come to make money like Steve Wynn. Oh, Steve Wynn. <laughs> Not even going to get to Steve Wynn. We don't have time for Steve See, Wynn today. They you know, keep falling out of the sky. <laughs> like... Uh, fucking the dead birds. Like, it's great. I mean, it's we're we are on our way. So our last little moment is Larry Nasser, who will not have an opportunity for redemption because the judge in that case made it very clear that he will never walk outside of a prison wall. And I just I just want to quote a, a, patient, a, a portion from her um, remarks at the end of that at the end of that trial, because it was it's so good. So she said, sir, I hope you are shaken to your core. Your victims are clearly shaken to their core. Your decision to assault was precise, calculated, manipulated, devious, and despicable. You cannot give them back their innocent, their youth. You cannot give a father back his life. One of your victims, her life, and she took it. You can't return a daughter to a mother, etc. I mean, she tore in because that guy is the devil incarnate and clearly not like any of the other men we've, we've talked about in the last couple episodes but like obviously there are crimes too big to come back from right Tracy right I totally agree on this like he is he is a despicable human being and I just have to wonder I mean do you think he was intentionally inflicting harm on the girls or do you think he is just so fucked up in the head like he rationalized it as it was okay yeah, for him I to do it because I, in reading about he was it taking that, care yes, of them. like, like he, is he like he, yes sick? I think he was sick is sick and I think in reading about it, he, in his letter that he wrote to the judge, that he asked the judge to open up to the public, which she said, no, I will not open this up to the public. He said, obviously, I was good at my job. They kept coming back. I treated them in a way no other doctor could. And she was like, oh, no, 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 no. Nothing you did was oh my God. Nothing you did was medical, you know? So I do oh, think no. that, like, that no. man suffers from mental you know, m- mental issues that are not, that, that yeah. should only leave a man like that behind bars. But I, I think that the point of including him in this, in this portion of this podcast is like, yeah, there are, there are some crimes that are too big to come back from. I feel like we both need to have a drink after talking about all that stuff. That is heavy stuff, Tracy Dietz. I know. Jeez. I know. I'm definitely going to go home and drink. It's Fat Tuesday. <laughs> it's Fat Tuesday. Everyone can go have a jelly filled donut. Isn't that 
Isn't that what people eat? It's got a Polish name that I can never say. I am not getting a donut. <laughs> I might eat a giant steak. There though. you go. That's more. That's got Tracy Deep more. Tracy more Deep's more into it. But we hope that you know this remote podcast for all you listeners was as satisfying as if we were both together. But you know we're committed to keep doing this, and every now and again we got to be out on the road. So thank you for joining us here on the twelfth episode. And also thank you, Campaigns and Elections, for sponsoring our podcast. We are in two weeks going to be live at the Read Awards. The conference is February 26th and 27th. Let's hope I You did. You did. 26th and 27th. Yep. Uh, Kelly and I will be live on February 27th at 1 p.m. So if you're at the Reeds, make sure to come by. We will be serving wine. There will be Cab and Rosé. Thank you, Campaigns and Elections, for getting us all a little liquored up in the middle of the day. Thanks. (laughs) Absolutely. Super excited about that. Thank you guys again. We've had lots of fun. Listen and subscribe to Dame It All to Hell on Apple Podcast Stitcher and wherever you get your podcasts. All right. Thanks, guys. See you next time. 